0: Where Murder Meets Mystery contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hey, cool friends. Let's take a walk down the street where murder meets mystery, a podcast exploring the murderous, the mysterious, and everything that lies beyond the beyond. I'm Marissa.
0: And I'm over-caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm Grace. Hi. Oh, Grace,
1: I can't wait for your case since you over-caffeinated. I'm, I'm, I need ugh. to be overcaffeinated. I know you didn't sleep well last night. Oh I didn't God. sleep well last night. So I should probably be drinking coffee, but I'm trying to be responsible in drinking water.
0: Like, oh, I drink green tea. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. coffee doesn't work for me. I am
1: (laughs) ready to hear Grace's case if you're ready to tell or to teach
0: the teachings. So recently, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, um, Morbid. The hosts were talking about a question they get from listeners a lot, which is, if you could know the answer to any unsolved case, which would it be? Mm. So you're doing an
1: unsolved case this week.
0: Yeah. I sure am. I sure am. And boy, is it unsolved. It is... (gasps) strange. Um, So even though zero of you asked or care, uh, this week, I'm giving you my answer to that question. (laughs) Uh, We've been getting thousands of DMs about this. (laughs) Um, If I could know the answer to any unsolved case, it would would absolutely be this one. So this is the story of a young woman who left her Mm -hmm. home and everything she knew behind to pursue adventure and self-discovery. A young woman who embarked in 2013 on a solo trip to California, a young woman who was, at the time, known to no one in the U.S., but who would soon become a household name, especially in the realm of true crime and the paranormal. This is the story of Elisa Lamb.
1: <gasps> oh, oh gosh.
0: Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Elisa Hotel? That I'm one? emotional. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Okay. Ghoul cool friends, buckle your damn seatbelts, okay? Because this week- Thank you. This week, we're <laughs> we're traveling to Los Angeles, to the notorious neighborhood of Skid Row. Mm-hmm. It is in this neighborhood that we find the Cecil Hotel and where our story begins. A little background about the Cecil. The Cecil is considered one of the most haunted places in America, home to dozens of murders, suicides, disappearances, and countless other illegal activities. It was even the temporary residence of prolific serial killer and poster child for the importance of dental care, Richard Ramirez, alias The Night Stalker, from could, 1984 to 1985.
1: I could not believe that. Like when I, because I have seen the documentary on, on this case and yeah. when they mentioned that in that documentary, I was like, whoa, crossover of the fucking season.
0: Yeah. 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 Insane. And I just want to reiterate how much a flossing did not happen with richard ramirez his teeth (laughs) are fucking mossy i can't own episode i hope my god cover him in the future. like some fucking rocks out of bikini bottom that's the bad (laughs) thing right there that's where it's coming from anyway so yeah so richard ramirez lived at the cecil between 1984 and 1985 um another serial killer jack unterweger I've never heard of him, and I don't know the details, but he reportedly resided at the Cecil in the 90s and allegedly killed three Los Angeles sex workers while he lived in the hotel. Wow. Furthermore, while the last place actress Elizabeth Short was seen alive is the Biltmore Hotel, evidence suggests that Short, better known as the Black Dahlia, ever heard of her? (gasps) Yes. Had a drink at the Cecil Hotel shortly before she was murdered. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. The hotel was opened in 1927 and was originally designed to one day serve Hollywood's political and social elite. These dreams would never come to fruition because in 1929, the Great Depression hit. Mm -hmm. And streets that were meant to attract wealthy partygoers and gleaming town cars were filled instead with hundreds of jobless and homeless individuals, creating a sort of shantytown row upon row of makeshift shelters and cardboard boxes in the blocks surrounding the Cecil. Thus, the infamous Skid Row was born. Oh, I didn't know that's
1: how it started or originated. Yeah. In in 1929. Wow. Yeah.
0: And in the documentary, I don't know if you remember a ton about this, crime scene, the vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, And they talk about Skid Row just as a neighborhood. And one of the Los Angeles police officers that is commenting on it says that whenever they get a call... uh, for Skid Row, something happening in Skid Row. They legitimately don't know if they're going to come out alive.
1: <gasps> no way. Yeah. I do not remember that. That's terrifying.
0: And what's really interesting is that Skid Row, and I'll have to do another episode on it because it's really crazy, but Skid Row is almost a no man's land and kind mm-hmm. of a uh, – what is that called? Lawless – it's like a lawless yeah. area oh, where the police yes. and the laws don't apply. Mm-hmm. Um and police go in there and basically he said, we, we have no control, right? Yeah, that's it's just similar to wreaking um, havoc
1: up in uh, the Pacific Northwest, all of the yeah. weed farmers up there. I mean, they don't go in some of that territory. Yeah. And it's – I mean, you can do whatever you want. People yeah. are killing other farmers for their weed, taking their crop. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Um, there's a few documentaries on it. I will text yeah. them to you because
0: they're really interesting. So like I said – not the only chilling occurrence that has happened there, but Elisa Lam is the one that's that just fucking sticks with me. Yeah, the Cecil is also kind of a dump on top of being sketchy. Yeah, and it's pretty much a suckish place to stay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I thought I saw pictures maybe in the documentary or elsewhere, and I'm like, I could see the vision for what the Cecil Hotel was supposed to be like—kind of this old Hollywood type. Like that older kind of architecture and that glamorous kind of feel. And I, I could see the vision, but it's just – it did not turn out that way. And it's so sad. No, totally. Because now it's just this hot spot for negative,
0: like dark energy, you know? Yeah. Bad vibes. Absolutely. Bad vibes. Yeah. Um, so the Cecil is pretty run down on top mm-hmm. of being sketchy because people just avoid that area in general. So in February of 2013, when Hotel Maintenance began to receive a number of guest complaints about a sanitation concern, I don't think anyone was surprised. Mm-mm. My understanding is that the complaints had been going on for approximately 18 days before mm-hmm. they did anything and we're all the same regarding the water coming from the sink and showers. Ew. The water in my room is a dark color. The water pressure in my room is low. Like when I turn on the sink, it's just a dribble. The mm-hmm. water in my room tastes funny. The mm-hmm. water in my room smells like death was a weird thing that one of the guests said. And I just Mm-mm. think they should look into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy. Like, uh, is anyone asking that asshole? Um, right. He's he like, it yeah, it knows. smells like decay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, even if he's like bitter almonds, <laughs> even if he's not responsible for Elisa Lamb's death, he's for, he's guilty of something. Something. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah, it smells like a decaying body. And we're like, OK. We'll look yeah, into we'll it. Put sir. that in the
1: note. Yeah.
0: <laughs> enough complaints were coming in that finally, on February 19th, management sent maintenance worker Santiago Lopez up to inspect the water tanks located on the roof of the hotel. He took the elevator to the 15th floor, then took the flight of stairs leading to the fire escape and exited the door at the top of the stairs. A door that, when opened, sounded an alarm loud enough to be heard three floors down and at the front desk. So they all know when this door is opened. That's important later, I promise. Yeah. Lopez deactivated the alarm and then climbed up the fire escape around the front of the building. So he's visible, by the way, to the street below, also important later. Okay. So he climbs the fire escape to the roof of the hotel where the four large water tanks stand. Each water tank is eight feet deep and four feet wide, and they hold the entire water supply for the hotel. Santiago climbed the 10-foot ladder up to the tank platform, then the 8-foot ladder to the top of one of the tanks, where he discovered something odd right away.
1: I said that's a lot of climbing.
0: Yes, okay. and and, and again, all of this will be relevant. That's why I'm going into a lot of detail oh, yeah. here, because this this is important. So, notices something weird. The door to one of the tanks was open slightly. Now, I want to talk about this for a quick second, because... During the trial, um, there was later a wrongful death suit filed by the family. And during the trial, there was some speculation as to whether the door was fully open, closed completely, or open ajar. The most consistent report is that the door is open ajar. It's like slightly ajar. Okay. Looking inside, Lopez discovers the body of a young Asian woman floating face up approximately 12 inches from the opening. Determined to have been in the water nearly three weeks, the body was horrifically decomposed. When the autopsy was conducted, little evidence that was usable remained. Scrapings of the fingernails in a rape kit would be considered standard procedure in a suspicious death, especially of a young woman. Yeah. But both tests were marked inconclusive simply because nothing substantial remained after that long. Without a doubt, however, the coroner was able to make a positive ID on the body, which belonged to 21-year-old Elisa Lamb a university student, and Canadian citizen. Mm. Elisa was on a solo trip of the West Coast and was a guest at the Cecil Hotel. She originally checked in on the 26th of January. Initially, she checked into a group room with several other girls, but was moved to a private room when hotel staff received a number of reports from her roommates regarding Elisa's odd behavior. Don't like that. I wasn't able to find anything else about this, but this definitely fuels some of the paranormal rumors that I'll get to later right. regarding possession and that sort of thing. Because right. she was acting strangely up, up, leading up to the event. Mm. Elisa had been in constant contact with her parents during the trip. They knew she planned to check out of the Cecil on the 31st of January, so when they didn't hear from her that day, they grew concerned and called Los Angeles police to report her missing. I'm, and I'm sure the police responded accordingly and took it very seriously. Absolutely. You know? Of course. They're known for that, especially yeah. a woman um, of color and from and another Smith country. Row. Yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> like, right. come on. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. According to the reports issued by the police, the LAPD uh, and a canine unit were dispatched to the Cecil, where they conducted a preliminary search of the public areas and the areas surrounding the building. As far as the timeline between when Elisa was reported missing and when the police arrived, I'm not certain. But in their canvassing of the neighborhood, it's been confirmed that on the day of her disappearance, the 31st, Elisa had visited a nearby bookstore called The Last Bookstore, which is oh, spooky. that's
1: right. Oh, yeah. that is to, so eerie.
0: Yeah, she she was picking up some gifts and books to send to her family back in Vancouver. She had a brief interaction with the bookstore clerk, a woman named Katie Orphan, which is mm-hmm. weird. I'm very unfortunate. um and Katie would later report that to her, Elisa seemed to have plans of returning home to Canada, spoke fondly of her family, and seemed generally in good spirits. Mm. This remains the last physical sighting of Elisa Lamb, so other than that, we know very little um. They searched the area surrounding the building, all the public areas, but were not granted a warrant to search the 700 private rooms at the Cecil. I'm assuming because Elisa was not officially a missing person at that point because of that bullshit with the 24 hours. I think that's, that applies here. Um, but I, that's speculation. I'm, I wasn't able to confirm that, but I, I do know that they did not search the private rooms at this time because they weren't able okay. to obtain a warrant. Okay. They searched the lounge, the dining room, the bars, even the roof and found nothing. Ooh. Now, later it comes out that the the search dogs- search I was going to
1: say, did they have dogs, cadaver dogs?
0: Yeah. So they had cadaver dogs and just dogs that had Elisa's scent. They, were, they went to Elisa's room. They found her laptop and a wallet containing her ID. But other than that, the room was empty. So she had left seemingly the most important stuff behind. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that police at this point are assuming she fled- You know, her home country, she's on a trip to discover herself. Like, she probably met someone and ran off into the sunset. Like, I'm sure there's all sorts of stereotyping going on and nothing really happening, getting done. Um, But the search dogs apparently, when they were on the roof, they picked up Elisa's scent on the fire escape. Shut up. But then the scent went cold. And so they never looked further into it.
1: They didn't even talk about that in, like, the reports or anything like that?
0: It came out later during the trial. Um, which is interesting because like I said, it was not, I don't think it was investigated any further because obviously they, I think they would have found her and she was floating in the tank dead, literally five feet from them. Right. They're walking around the tank and the dogs aren't picking, I mean, the tanks are made of like, I'm assuming stainless steel or some sort of metal. Um, so I, maybe the dogs can't smell through that. Then again, cadaver dogs can supposedly smell through like six feet of concrete. So I don't know how that works. I don't know, no. Dogs science. are magic.
1: They're just magical beings that we don't yeah, deserve.
0: Absolutely. So at this point, Elisa has only been missing for a number of hours, but police were at a loss. Elisa had seemingly disappeared without a trace. They urged members of the public to come forward with any information regarding Miss Lamb's disappearance. It was around this time, two weeks after Elisa is originally reported missing that police released a surveillance video captured in the hotel elevator the night Elisa went missing. Mm-hmm. The video was handed over to police by Amy Price, who was at the time the general manager of the Cecil Hotel. Okay. You know my crazy ass has seen this video like 400 times, Same. and it gives me the chills every time. Same. I... And I, I will say this, school friends, if you had not heard of the name Elisa Lam, you may have seen this video. If you're as obsessed yeah. with true crime as, as we are and and me in particular, <laughs> you probably have seen – you probably have seen this I, video.
1: I think it's also like um, been viral on Twitter. Like yeah. I'm, I – you know, and – and Yeah. There's a few other theories around that which I'm sure you'll get to. Um, but I know I saw one theory attached with it and I was like, whoa. And then mm-hmm. I realized it was a much larger case than what that yeah. theory was talking about
0: so we're going to include the link to the video in the description box of the episode yeah. um, or marissa's thank you of <laughs> but in the meantime i'm going to describe it to you and i encourage you to watch the whole clip it's a little under three minutes but i'm going to give you kind of a play by play just to to paint the picture for you in the video elisa lamb is seen on the footage entering the elevator when the doors open she immediately turns around inside the elevator Bends forward and begins hitting each button seemingly one by one. It's worth noting here, by the way, that it appears that Elisa Lamb is wearing a red hoodie, yes. a denim mini skirt, and flip-flops. Yep. When the doors open, she immediately turns around inside the elevator, bends forward, and begins hitting each button, seemingly one by one. She then straightens and stands in the back corner of the elevator for a few seconds, apparently looking at nothing but standing completely still and facing the open doors. I would describe this behavior, if I didn't know any better, I would assume she's just waiting for the doors to close. Yeah. That's one of the weirdest parts of this video is, like I said, the video is a little under three minutes. The doors to the elevator stay open the entire time. And she's hitting every button, right? There's 15 floors in the Cecil. She's hitting every button, she does it twice. I'll talk about that in a second. And the doors stay open the entire time. She's even like standing between the doors at one point and the doors stay open. Yeah. So that's weird. Freaky. Yeah. Um, after several seconds, Elisa slowly walks forward, leaning out of the elevator, bracing herself against the doors and leaning forward to poke her head out, looking either way down the hallway, kind of looking both ways. Mm-hmm. She backs up and looks out the doors for only a moment when suddenly she presses herself against the panel of buttons by, like, presses her back against the wall. The, the like, the wall immediately next to the door. Yes. So yes. this would, you know, suggest that she's hiding because that's what it looks like. It looks like she's hiding from somebody, but she yeah, has... Like- she doesn't have a scared look on her face. It's just kind of neutral. Like she's playing hide and seek almost is what it looks like. Yeah. Like she puts her body all the way back. Like her yeah. back is all the way to the back of that panel. Like it's she's trying so to
1: be weird. one with the wall. It's it's yeah. eerie.
0: For sure. And it, she's sitting in a way – standing in a way where if you were standing outside the elevator, you would not see her. Um. Yeah. So that's why – that's what leads people to believe that she's hiding from someone. Then mm-hmm. she pokes her head back out of the elevator – And then kind of, like, leans back into the elevator and then jumps out. Almost like she's, like, trying to scare somebody or, like, it's... Her behavior, I would describe as not only bizarre, but it's kind of playful. It's like watching a kid play a game. That's kind of what it's like. I agree. Um, Which, you know, just screams demons to me. (laughs) I just can't, can't handle it. Poking her head back out of the elevator, Elisa slowly steps out of the elevator and partially hidden from view... She stands with her back to the elevator door for several seconds. This is, again, the doors are still open. She's now standing outside the elevator. And the camera is inside the elevator. So all we see is her arm and her right, her right arm and her right leg. She's kind of standing with her back to the wall where the elevator is. We see Elisa raise her right hand over her head and then step back into the elevator with both hands gripping the top of her head. Mm -hmm. Almost like she's grabbing her hair or something like that. She leans down immediately And again, pushes every button on the panel more than once. Now, this is the most bizarre part, in my opinion. At this point, with the doors still open, Elisa returns to the spot outside the elevator, again hidden from view. When she turns to face the right side of the hallway, she begins waving her hands slowly up and down, back and forth, apparently gesturing to someone further down the hallway. At one point, she... Reaches her hand inside the elevator. I watched it several times before I noticed yeah. this. But she's actually not, her. both her hands are not outside the elevator. She reaches a hand inside and kind of waves it up and down in like a scanning motion. Okay. Almost like she's checking to see if the door is there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, or if it was like pitch black and you're trying to reach out in front of you, it looked like that. Like she was yeah. looking for something. Yeah. But she was, it was almost like she was checking that the elevator was still there it was very weird then she turns her back again to the doors and gestures again with her hands this time in what i would describe as sign language that's what it looks like it looks oh. like she's signing to somebody because she has i don't know if you're familiar with sign language no um but you would you put one hand out in front of you and do the sign on top of it almost like you're paying rock paper scissors that's kind of what yes. it looks like okay okay in the video um so she has one hand flat and then she's moving the other one on top of it in like shapes it's very weird uh, still looking towards the same spot in the hallway, at which point she turns left and walks down the hallway, disappearing from view. Remember, this video was released weeks before Elisa's body was discovered, and apart from Katie Orphan's interaction with Elisa in the bookstore, this is all we know about Elisa Lamb's final hours. When the video came out, I think everybody assumed she was on some shit, because right. her behavior definitely makes it seem like she's tripping on something, right? Right. Not everyone's mind goes to the paranormal at this point. I think a lot of people just assume she was on drugs. This was ruled out, however, when the autopsy was released. Elisa Lamb's death was ruled an accidental drowning. Interesting. I'm so mad about it. I can't. Accidental drowning with no evidence of foul play and no visible signs of trauma to her body. Her bipolar sure. disorder, which was a recent diagnosis, was named as a contributing factor. It was determined that Elisa, who was prescribed two antidepressants, a mood stabilizer, and an antipsychotic to manage her disorder, had only one antidepressant in her system at the time of her death. Her second antidepressant and mood stabilizer had been taken recently but not that day, and her antipsychotic had not been taken recently. She had okay. no other drugs in her system, yeah if any of any of our listeners are familiar with bipolar medication management is an extremely important aspect of of living with a mood disorder. Mm -hmm. And if you're off your meds or take them incorrectly, it's a little like birth control. They're not effective. And in fact, it can trigger a a psychotic event. And this is the longest standing theory, I think, surrounding this case. Now, you're feeling the anger right now and you're not Mm -hmm. alone. This case pisses me the fuck off because I feel like most people, including Elise's parents, the answer they, the answer, quote unquote, they received from the autopsy was not good enough and did not compute for a number of reasons. Yeah. So let's get into the most interesting part of this case, which is the theories. Yeah. I I agree. Theory number one, and this is the one that's mainly accepted and was eventually ruled as the official answer by the police. Elisa got in the tank on her own, experiencing some sort of psychotic episode, or she was in a manic state or something like that as a result of poor medication management. She climbed in the water tank herself, eventually drowning. Remember how when I said that Santiago Lopez discovered the body, her she Elisa was nude, completely nude. Yeah. And her clothes were floating in the tank, but they were next to her. Yeah. And if she had gotten in the tank, which I'll talk about all the problems with that theory, but if she had gotten in the tank on her own, that suggests that either she took her clothes off and then got in the tank and then put the brought the clothes in with her or threw her clothes in first, or she got in the tank first with all her clothes on and then took them off. Either way, that's really bizarre, right? Yeah. Yeah. Getting in the tank, period, is bizarre, but that's especially yes. weird. Um, so the suggestion that Elisa got in on her own bothers me for so many reasons. One, the mouth of the tank is only a little more than a foot wide. There's a picture on the drive, Marissa. Ooh. You can see I I like kind of blew it up, which yeah. I'm basically on Criminal Minds. Like I was really proud of myself that I figured out <laughs> the effect.
1: Enhance, enhance, <laughs>
0: enhance. literally <laughs> zoom and enhance. Um, No, but I zoomed in on the part where the fireman is oh, yeah. standing there. And you can see how small the opening is. Like is yeah. it any wider than like his feet are shoulders. apart? Like, yeah, it's, it's like no. a shoulders width apart. Yeah. Um, The tank was so narrow, in fact, the opening – that in order to retrieve Elisa's body, the responders had to drain the tank and then cut it open from the side.
1: Wow. I didn't know that part.
0: Yeah. The second reason is the door to the tank, which was found, we think, partially closed, is stated as weighing approximately 20 pounds. Well, this is not that heavy, imagine this for me. Elisa, who was five foot four, climbs into the tank, drops into the water, and then reaches a foot or so to the opening. Remember, about approximately 12 inches. Then reaches even further out of the tank to reach the door handle. The door's open all the way. And then pulls it close on top of her, all while fucking treading water. I
1: was going to say, she must be a great treader if that's true. The tank Tell you what. is
0: eight feet deep. It yeah, makes no, no sense. No. I think the confounding factor in this case is really the medication. And that's what I think is the driving force behind this theory is that she was off her meds. It's, but it's still like in a psychotic state or a hallucinative state, it makes a lot more sense that she may do something like that. But even then it's like, and we'll get into this in a second, how did she know the tanks were up there? How did she get to the roof? All of that stuff. And the logistics of it. Yeah. yeah. So theory number two. Elisa was murdered or a victim of foul play. Yeah. I think given the fact that Elisa was a tourist in a foreign country tells us that it's unlikely that she was killed by someone very close to her. And as we know, the majority Mm -hmm. of homicides are committed by someone close to you. In my opinion, given the circumstances surrounding her being in the water tank, it's unlikely that Elisa was murdered by someone other than a member of hotel staff. Mm -hmm. How did she know how to access the roof? Why did the fucking alarm not sound alerting the entire staff that someone had accessed the roof? How did she know to climb along the fire escape to reach the roof? And if she did, how did she not how was she not seen? right This was supposedly at 10 or 11 at night. And no one saw her? Like, this is – people are wandering around on the streets down there. Maybe they just don't think it's weird that people are walking around on the roof. But I think that's kind of bizarre. I would have noticed it, I think.
1: Yeah, not to mention just, like, guests in the hotel. The Cecil Hotel is a big place, you
0: know. Yeah.
1: You'd think a guest would have seen her get yeah. up there or something. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. She's walking past windows. If she's fire on the fire escape, she's walking past, I think, like, four or five rooms yeah. to get to the roof. All of these – you know, factors point to another explanation that someone from the hotel staff was responsible. Who else other than staff would know to deactivate the alarm or where the tanks were or how to access them or how to get Elisa around without being detected, right? right? That all of those things point to, I think, a member of staff. And I think that if she was murdered, it was most likely a member of the staff, in my opinion. I agree. Theory number three is wacky, but it's so fucking weird. I cannot leave it out. It revolves around a movie released in 2002 and, uh, by a Japanese filmmaker, and then it was remade in 2005 by American filmmakers starring Jennifer Connelly. 11 years before Elisa died in 2002, this movie's released. It's called Dark Water. Yes. Okay. Oh, this theory's crazy. Insane. The movie is about a mother and daughter named Dahlia and Cece. Hate it. Weird. Hate I it. don't think that was an accident, but still, it's weird. They yeah. check into a hotel. She's Dahlia, the mother, is escaping an ex husband. They discover dark water leaking from the ceiling in their room and report it to a maintenance worker for repair. But after that, he comes and fixes the leak, supposedly, but it only gets worse. Haunted by the water and driven mad by the dripping sound, Dahlia goes to find answers. She follows footsteps to the roof where she discovers a dead woman floating in one of the water tanks. Like what
1: the hell? This is
0: 11 years before Elisa.
1: And, I mean, I think you're you, – are you going to get the wardrobe? No. What? Okay. Apparently, apparently, the fact that you mentioned the red hoodie and stuff, apparently yeah. the, the oh, yeah, kid yeah, yeah. in the movie or the girl in the water tank in the movie was yeah. wearing a red hoodie and a jean skirt.
0: Yes. Yes. Like a very similar outfit. Very weird. And just
1: the fact that, oh, I mean, like what a bizarre way to go, you know? And what a bizarre thing to encounter. And the fact that it's so similar and mirrors each other kind of just freaks me out.
0: And there, I mean, there are people who like to, you know, reenact movies and stuff. And even horror movies. I mean, a lot of kids will do that when they're just fucking around. I don't know. My sisters and I did weird shit like that. Yeah. But this is this is an example where, you know, obviously it would be going really far as to reenact something where Yeah, and I mean like,
1: there's no evidence that she was like obsessed with that movie or anything, right? Right? Yeah. right.
0: Exactly. There's there's no proof I one way or another. And on top of that, I think that the, the theory would essentially this would suggest that Elisa herself was reenacting it or was a victim of someone who was obsessed with this movie, which just oh, it's just good too point. strange. It's too strange. It I don't know. But I, it is a long-standing theory, so I just had to mention that one. Absolutely. Theory number four. This one is also really weird, but I think far-fetched. Elisa's death is part of a much larger conspiracy. Apparently, at the same time of Elisa's death, there was a tuberculosis outbreak in Skid Row. Oh, that's right. The disease was killing people at a rapid rate, which can relate, girlfriends. Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. Right. So the government developed rapid response tuberculosis tests in an effort to slow the spread. The name of the test was the LAM-ELISA test. Hate it. Identical spelling, by the way. Yep. Yep. L-A-M-E-L-I-S-A test. Yep. So the theory goes that the government either released the strain of tuberculosis on purpose to control the homeless population, which I wouldn't put it past them, to be honest. Or were worried about causing a panic, but either way, they manufactured a character, one Elisa Lamb, and then a phenomenal or sensational story surrounding her that would occupy the media and distract them from the reality of what was happening around the Cecil Hotel. So interesting. Basically, when you Google Elisa Lamb, the TB test is not coming up. It's exactly Elisa Lam the victim.
1: Exactly. So it's just- I. It's insane it- the amount of. Uh- coincidences yeah this case has it's with other things so in weird. the entertainment industry in this the government tuberculosis test like in
0: all of these things it's just it's so bizarre it's so weird I just oh god I just have chills and I'm just cringing and I'm just oh my god but I love it it's also very interesting I don't know yes yes. Theory number five goes back to the footage captured in the elevator. And this is what you were waiting for, Marissa.
1: Yes.
0: So there are a few theories about the video. One being that the footage was doctored in some way before it reached police, meeting by the hotel staff in an attempt to mask the person, which would support the homicide theory of yeah. a, a member of the staff, um, the person or people responsible for Elise's death. There are a few things that people say are off about the video. First, many people believe the video appears to have been slowed down before it was handed over to the police. There are several skips in the feed, a lag, Mm -hmm. if you will, um, Mm -hmm. that is, I think, not that uncommon in surveillance footage. So that aspect of it, I don't I didn't find that unusual.
1: I I feel like I remember viewing it and there was a part where the doors start to close, but then they open back up and there was a lag there. I thought that was kind of weird as if like somebody moved across the screen and they wanted to get rid of them. Um, And then I think the timestamp at the bottom had been modified with as well. And that really freaked me out. I was like, I don't know. In addition,
0: the timestamp. Yeah. In the video, the timestamp is visible at the bottom of the film, like where the timestamp would be, but the actual time or the numbers are completely obscured, leading many to believe the hotel altered the footage to hinder the investigation. And this is all assuming that the video was, this is the state of the video that the police received it, like it yeah. was in this state. Third is purely a theory, but some people offer this as an explanation for Elise's behavior, by stating that there was, in fact, another person in the video with Elisa, but they were completely scrubbed from the footage via editing.
1: That'd be insane.
0: That'd so, be some good editing. Yeah, like, her interacting and, like, talking to someone. At one point, I read somewhere that, like, there's that part where she leans out of the elevator and then, like, snaps back in, and there's supposedly, um, they see this crinkle in her sweatshirt, like, someone's grabbing her, <gasps> which, hate
1: oh, it. hate, hate it.
0: that. But either way, that this person was supposedly removed from foot the footage.
1: Yeah. I mean, did you hear about the foot too?
0: Yes. Speaking yes. of foot. <gasps> speaking of footage. Footage. <laughs> <laughs> web sleuths think the camera may have captured something more. A foot. I love Web sleuths. God bless them. I know. There's a photo on the drive, Barissa. Now <gasps> yes. I mentioned earlier Elisa's wearing sandals in the video, mm-hmm. open-toed shoes, right? But right. at the end of the video, right after Elisa disappears down the hallway, and at, I I would admit, it, because there are some people who say it's her heel or her toe, inhuman angle. That if, the, yeah. if it was her leg, it's impossible. She basically turns one direction, then immediately, almost at the same time, this toe uh, emerges. Yeah. What looks like Ugh. the toe of a shoe, a
1: yeah. round
0: object resembling the toe of a dark shoe, a closed-toed shoe, pops into the frame and then quickly disappears.
1: Hate it. And you have to think this has to be someone of staff or that knows that there's a camera right, right there right. and is staying, yes. you know, hidden.
0: It leads me to a Insane. question, however, that she's gesturing in the opposite direction of this person, supposedly. So either True. they walked in front of the footage, which would explain maybe the gap because some people yeah. think there's almost a minute missing from the footage. Absolutely. So maybe they walk in front of the camera and that's the part that's missing is them crossing over. Which would make sense why the foot appears on the opposite side of the hallway. Yeah, 100%. Um, Now, former general manager of the Cecil, Amy Price, told Entertainment Tonight that when the footage was presented to her by staff, it was bizarre, but only because of Lamb's behavior. As to any accusations of tampering, Price asserts they are, quote, absolutely false, end quote. And there's no evidence that we know of to prove one way or another. Sure. Theory number six is probably the most far-fetched, and it's the last one I have for you. But I know Marissa's excited to hear it. Yes. The theory states that Elisa Lam is playing the Korean elevator game. I don't know if anyone's mm. heard of this, but according to Scarymommy.com, which same. I love that. <laughs> what? Name, scarymommy.com, the rules of the elevator game are simple. First, enter the elevator alone, and you need to remain alone the entire time. If anyone comes into the elevator while you're playing the game, the game is ruined and you have to start over. First, you proceed to the fourth floor in the elevator, then the second floor, then the sixth floor, then the second again, then the tenth, and then the fifth, at which point people report encounters with a young woman. Now, the accounts differ here. Some say this is a woman they know. Some report a stranger. Either yeah. way, the rules forbid players of the game from looking at the woman or interacting with her in any way or else risk damning consequences. Ooh. So this, obviously, the, the assumption is that if Elisa was playing the elevator game, she fucked up and looked at the lady and that's what wound, she wound up dead, which yeah. I think is insensitive. But if you believe at all in the occult or paranormal, it sounds... Like, kind of uh, you know, it's it holds a little water, right. I think that it's you know, it's worth it, it's worth exploring, I think,
1: you know, part of me is like, all right, this is just another Bloody Mary kind of thing, Yes. or some sort of like, you know, young childhood game like that. but it, it, right. it the video is just so bizarre it, and it's and so the weird pressing of the buttons and stuff like that. It makes me think, you know, yeah, maybe this does have something to do with that. So all the coincidences in this case are it's just so. I don't know how to describe it other than bizarre. I feel like That's I've used so that word in eerie like 30 million times. But I mean, if you looked them up in the dictionary, this case would be next to them, you know?
0: I would say chilling.
1: It's chilling. Yeah. Right? yeah.
0: And it's one of those things that makes you go like, wait, what the fuck? Are you serious? Like, it's, it seems like it's it sounds like a movie. Yeah. Anyway, so something worth mentioning about the footage that I didn't mention earlier is at the point where she's waving her hands back and forth, two things about this. One is there are some people who say that it looks like her hands are breaking or like at the wrist. like they're like snapping at like weird angles. Okay. To be honest, I'm doing it with my hands right now and I don't think it's that bizarre. It's just your hand is at a right angle with your wrist, right? That's essentially what she's doing. Okay, sure. I The only thing I would compare it to is if you've ever seen a witch depicted in a movie Mm -hmm. and she's like muttering incantations over a cauldron. That's oh, what it yeah. looks like. Oh, yeah. Interesting. That's okay. what it looks like to me. Like she's conjuring something. And I'm not saying in any way definitively that Elisa Lamb was, ri- was a witch or <laughs> involved at all in the occult. Right. But I think that that's how I would describe the gesture to anyone who's having trouble picturing it. Yeah. Because yeah, it no, really looks like she's like casting a spell. That's kind of what it – that's how she's waving her hands around. It's kind of yeah. in a roundabout, like all over the place kind of motion. Yeah. But all the while looking down the hallway as if she's interacting with someone. And a lot of people think it's the woman from the elevator game. Interesting. So okay. Again, players are warned that it's very clear that if the woman may or may not try to talk to you pleading for help, and you are to completely ignore her. If you don't, yeah. you would be suffered, you'd be suffering some sort of terrible consequence. Then you press the button to the first floor. If the elevator goes down to the first floor, you're to exit immediately and not look back. If the elevator goes up instead to the 10th floor, you've been allowed into the other world. Ugh. Participants who've made it to this point recall leaving the elevator, the power going out, and then looking out the window at the end of the hallway on the 10th floor, only to see a red cross in the distance. What? Yeah. And this Ew, is like a consistent spooky. report a consistent report that of like multiple people have reported this, that this That's has happened spooky. to them.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's
0: really gross.
1: <laughs> yeah. If
0: you, if you choose to exit the elevator and like explore, you should ignore the woman's attempts to stop or question you because this woman is apparently sent there by Satan or whatever to sure. stop you at all costs from knowing what exists in the other world. Web sleuths believe it's possible that Elisa was interacting with this alleged woman, which then may have led to her untimely death and may explain her bizarre behavior. That theory is the one that freaks me out the most because it's just—I know it's like it, it's freaky by itself. Let alone, it is.
1: It is freaky you know. by itself, but it's also like okay, well, this case is so there's so many questions and like logistics yeah. and like you're like. Only something that we don't understand could explain it, you know, if it's not homicide. Um, So it also makes me think, you know, you never know. Although it's, you know, a wild theory. It's like, who knows? So
0: I I think I'm going to end this on kind of a depressing note, unfortunately, because this oh, case no. is unsolved. And I, I think it's important to remind everyone here that the theories I've shared with you are just that, right? Yes. Well, I think it's interesting to discuss, I also want to remind you why we're here, right? Elisa Lamb was a real victim of a real tragedy, and yeah. this will forever affect her family. I encourage you to do your own research, and as always, be kind and respectful to Elisa's memory and each other, please. Dear God, yeah. be nice to each other, because I'm, I'm sick of it. Yeah, we can't take it. Right. I mentioned earlier that the family, her, her Elisa's parents, David and Yuna, um, I mm-hmm. think is how you say her name, Yuna uh, Lamb, They yeah. filed a wrongful death suit against the Cecil Hotel, and yeah. um, they alleged that it was a result of the hotel staff's neglect that their daughter eventually died. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, they should have taken more precautionary measures or warned guests about the danger of going around the water tanks.
1: Interesting. And
0: this case was ultimately dismissed. And the hotel asserts that the hotel had no reasonable, like, no reason to believe that anyone in their right mind would climb into the tank, let alone know it was there if they didn't work there. Right.
1: Know? Right.
0: Um. So ultimately, the case was dismissed. And I, I just feel so terrible for her family and... Imagine how just up in the air they are, and and also imagine every day seeing like theories about your loved one. Like, yes, online. that's got to yes. be yes. Really and not diverse.
1: knowing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I think
1: your last statement was perfect about you mm-hmm. know these theories are just theories, and and you have right. to respect what's right. at hand here.
0: So that's the very depressing end to my eerie story. That's it. That's all I uh, got that is, for you.
1: That has left me with a heavy heart for sure.
0: Yeah. It's a dark one. It's yeah. a dark one. So I hope that your last minute change was something. is something a little lighter. Yeah,
1: it is. So um, cool friends, for Marissa's mystery this week, I was going to do – Something really haunting, like mm-hmm. truly creepy, and something that captured my attention when it first came out. Uh, and I was cold reading to my boyfriend two days ago, and it was really long. It was it was long, haunting. I guess you could say. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to cut some stuff out, uh, just cover the highlights. But then that night, our dog started to like howl in the corner of the room and like <laughs> bark into the dark hallway. It's was like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. And then this morning, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm babysitting this weekend in mm-hmm. another person's house like the whole weekend. So I'm spending the night alone in this house that I haven't spent the night in before. I The last thing I want to do is freak myself out. Right. Being right. in a house alone. So I made a last minute switch, but it's a good switch. This one is more on the conspiracy theory side, okay. and I'll be talking about the Denver International Airport. Hmm. Have you heard of any theories laying around it?
0: I mean, I've heard of the airport, but I okay. just thought it was an
1: airport. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. This will be a really good, like, learning lesson for you, teacher.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay.
1: So. Years behind schedule, billions of dollars over budget, the Denver International Airport finally opened on February twenty eighth, nineteen ninety five. They just celebrated uh, their twenty fifth anniversary last year. Actually, Mm. it's the largest airport in America, spanning fifty three square miles. And some locals speculate. Wait, did you just say the largest? It's the largest
0: one in America. Absolutely. What? It oh, is. I never knew that. I had just assumed it was JFK or LAX or something like
1: that. Oh no, this one's 53 square miles now. Holy shit. I don't know the exact square mileage of JFK or whatever else you just said, either. but I'm
0: assuming it's less than that.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and some locals speculate it was built for a reason. Hmm. They say the Stapleton Airport that was closer to the main city, less than 16 miles away, worked perfectly fine. So no one knows why they decided Hmm. to build this massive project that would be a ton of money and a ton of labor. Although I I will say it's like, okay, sure, but – why not like you know international travel and cheaper yeah. flights i imagine if it's a bigger hub it'd be more access to places so that's my I mean, kind of reasoning I, there but
0: at the same time though like airports expand all the time and they're always renovating and adding new mm-hmm. terminals and stuff and yeah I'm but this one's completely owned new. All the land oh okay okay okay
1: yeah this one's 16 miles away from the other one outside mm, gotcha. of the city even further so a little bit harder to get to But there's a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding why it got built, and these conspiracy theories surrounding DIA started in the mid-2000s when local papers actually began to report some of the theories that the locals were speculating. Hmm. But in 2010, this ex-wrestler and former Minnesota governor, his name is Jesse Ventura. John Cena. No, I'm just
0: kidding. (laughs) What a resume, you know? You're like,
1: it might as well have been John Cena, because like, what? like. Ex-wrestler and a former Minnesota governor? Like, huh? Sounds okay. like John Cena to me. <laughs> exactly. Well, his name no, is Jesse Ventura. Kidding. He actually also had a hit TV show on True TV called Conspiracy Theories. And what? he covered the DIA and all of the theories surrounding it. But obviously when this episode came out, everyone went wild and yeah. everyone and their mothers were coming up with conspiracy theories.
0: So was this the first time that anybody had really – speculated about it other than locals just talking absolutely
1: yes oh. and and speculated at like a with an audience that's nationwide it reminds uh.
0: me of um of Payne Lindsay.
1: yeah oh you yeah know, where, like
0: no one was really talking about um oh what's her name tara grinstead thank you tara yeah. grinstead so Payne Lindsay has has a podcast called up and vanished right
1: mm. mm-hmm
0: Um, and it's about, you know, a teacher, like a, it was like a local murder and where this woman went missing and there were no leads. And basically his his podcast led to the solving of the case, didn't it? Yeah. He
1: was an investigative kind of podcast. It was like actually my gateway podcast. And my mom and I bonded so much over it that we went to the live show. I got merch. Like it was awesome. She surprised me with upgraded tickets to the front row. It was so sweet. I love it. So the CEO of the Denver International Airport, Kim Daly, doesn't necessarily deny any of these theories. She actually kind of plays into them and like trolls all the conspiracy theorists. Hmm. And Heather Montgomery, who's the senior public information officer for DIA, says, quote, we decided a few years ago that rather than fight all of this and try and convince everybody there's nothing really going on, let's have some fun with it, end quote. (laughs) And in 2016, the DIA marketing department probably all got bonuses because they deemed October as Conspiracy Month.
0: Oh my God.
1: So they'll have like a museum-like exhibit in the airport in honor all of the theories that people are coming up with. Wow. And then there's events in October that pay homage to all of these theories, such as the conspiracy-themed costume party. And a free screening of Close Encounters, which is an alien movie from 1977. Yes. Is
0: that I love what that you movie? told me to watch? It's not at all, but that's okay. Oh rats! <laughs> you gotta
1: make a list for me. You gotta make me a Google spreadsheet, and then I'll I'll pay attention to what you told me. But they chose the Close Encounters alien movie from 1977 to to show every year at this you know Conspiracy Month. They say supposedly the coordinates for the alien landing in the film are DIA's location. What? which is insane. But in reality, the DIA says, no, the location is actually an empty field 50 miles northwest of the airport. But like I, I didn't Google it. So yeah. I don't know. I'm going to side yeah. on the conspiracy theorists here and be like <laughs> aliens, you know? Yes. Heather Montgomery says that DIA is happy to weaponize some of the theories into really? marketing tools because what they are a, what so a easy. word choice. I know. What a word choice, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Direct quote, you know. Weaponize uh, them. Uh, media coaching. In, media yeah. coaching. Into uh. marketing tools uh, because they're so easy to disprove, and they get mm-hmm. millions of dollars in free publicity, which is like super smart. When I'm thinking about it, like why not play into all of these instead of wasting time and energy and get frustrated with trying to disprove them? One, disprove them with easy facts, and then two, play into them making the conspiracy month you know drawing tourism and kind of having fun with it too I would love to be in that marketing
0: department yeah I guess I I don't think of an airport as like needing to draw in revenue I just assume that like
1: yeah. If there's an airport, well, people
0: will use it. <laughs> I,
1: don't know. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know if they're like in debt or something because it mm. did take, I think, uh 16 months longer and over a billion dollars more than what they were planning
0: on spending. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said it was behind schedule. And yeah, well, I, maybe it's just it was just taking a while to take off. Oh,
1: the puns that I could have thrown in here, but I I refrained. I refrained. Okay, so do you want to hear all the theories surrounding this travel hub? Yes. Okay, there's a ton, but I just picked, like, the top five that people are, like, really into. Hmm. So the first theory is that the DIA was built by the New World Order. Do you know what the New World Order is?
0: Is that a neo-Nazi thing?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Precisely. So the airport's dedication marker says that an organization named the New World Airport Commission built the airport. So I guess like funded mm. it and helped find materials and stuff or like mm. source the materials because yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine just this one organization like having a bunch of workers that built it themselves. But yeah. that's what I'm going to assume they meant by that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, surprisingly, not surprisingly, the New World Airport Commission does not exist. It's not found anywhere. There's no official website. There's no government fund or anything like that for it.
0: Um, don't so like that.
1: So obviously, when people figure this out, they determined it was the New World Order yeah. who built the airport, and they obviously have some Nazi ties. Yeah. And the airport runways that, you know, airports or that airplanes land and take off from are yeah actually formed in a way that kind of looks like a swastika from above so people are kind of connecting those dots there but airport officials say that the runways were not built in the shape instead they were built in a way to help optimize flight patterns no matter the weather which like i I guess i mean i'm not an aerospace engineer so i don't really understand that Mm. You have picked something less suggestive, you know, you've Mm. got other large airports like JFK that probably have different flight, you know,
0: runways than a swastika. So, And I would say too, like considering it's an airport is one of the only places that every day, hundreds of times a day is seen from above. So that seems intentional.
1: Right, exactly. You know what I mean. Uh, Some people theorize that like it's for the aliens to see to know that there's like this like dark energy that lures underneath and not to come over there.
0: Yeah, but some people say it's to.
1: Some people say it's to attract them. I'm like, I hope Mm. aliens aren't Nazis. You know.
0: Yeah. Damn. Weird. Yeah, that would really suck.
1: (sighs) Yeah. The second theory is that Lucifer is a nod to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Do you know who Lucifer is?
0: I understood none of what you just said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm about to tell you. No worries. Okay. There's a 32 foot fiberglass sculpture of a blue Mustang, which is like a horse that's like bucking, kind of like oh. up, like Hot. you know, like horses, like on <laughs> almost like on two legs, you know, like. <laughs> Throwing their hands up in the air. Yeah, totally, totally. That's what Lucifer looks like, and it oh. has glowing red eyes.
0: Nope. Yeah, like the that's like the headless horseman or like Sleepy Hollow.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, it's yeah. creepy. It's definitely creepy. And and everyone who passes it. I mean, I assume if you go all the time, you're like whatever. But new new travelers to DIA are like, what the hell? Yeah. But apparently, it was commissioned what in the mid. Fuck?
0: Is that allowed? The-
1: <laughs> yes. Throwback to Vine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, it was commissioned in the mid-90s and worked on by artist Louise Jimenez, who actually died two years before the sculpture was complete. Oh. Um, do you want to know how he died?
0: Was he kicked by a horse?
1: No. Part of the sculpture. That was a good guess. <laughs> part of the sculpture actually fell on him and severed an artery in his leg, and he died. Holy fuck. Yeah, that is weird. so. Yeah, since <gasps> then, people say the glowing red eyes represent one of the horses that'll be ridden by the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That's like a thing. It's like a in the, the end of the world, there's going to be yeah. four horsemen that ride into this. You know, is that a biblical apocalypse. thing? I'm not too sure. I grew up Catholic, listeners, but I'm not. So religious. did I? But you know, so, that's in
0: quotes. I don't know. Yeah, Hold I on. don't.
1: I I don't remember much. So I'm, Google, um, I'm googling it. But I will say Luis Jimenez denied that theory. He was like, no, that's not true. The red eyes Mm -hmm. represent, they were like in honor of his father who who used to work with neon signs or they represented the wild west of America. I don't really know. There was two different theories or uh, two different like denial cases from this artist. But I'm like, choose one side because the fact that you have two
0: is sketchy. I, I Googled it. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse are figures. We don't have to keep this in. I'm sure everyone knows except us. The Four <laughs> Horsemen in the Apocalypse are figures in Christian religion, first appearing in the Old Testament's prophetic book of Zechariah and in the book of Ezekiel, where they are, they are named as punishments from God, and later in the New Testament's final book, Revelation and Apocalypse, written by okay. John of Patmos.
1: I feel like we should keep that in. That was very good information that I should have did a little side goog on.
0: It's fine. Sidegoog. Love it. <laughs> that's
1: that's direct from Ellen Marsh in oh my God, Obsessed with Disappeared. She always says goog, and it's side-goog. my new thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's from Wikipedia. Thank you. Okay, amazing.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Wiki. Um, <laughs> all the information we get is just Literally. from Wikipedia and it's completely altered with <laughs> and like Literally. 10-year-olds that go in and edit it. And we're like, yes. yeah. I mean, yes. there's like this house called Blucifer. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I mean, it's just really sketchy. It's 32 foot blue with glowing red eyes people definitely definitely get some bad vibes from it especially since its sculptor was killed two years before it was finished so his son's actually finished it
0: by the horse right like he was in in a way he was killed by a horse yeah you're not wrong i wasn't off oh my god i just googled it ew little side goog tasteful side goog
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's um,
0: there's this huge there's this one picture where they're like renovating it, i supposedly. Yeah. And they have like plastic that's like wrapped around yes. his like midsection and it looks like he's wearing like a little tutu or something. It's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or he's dressed up for conspiracy month, who knows. Oh yeah.
0: Or like a bathtub. attending the
1: conspiracy party.
0: <laughs> that's what it looks like. It's very strange. Right? Yeah, he's the, he's the entertainment. <laughs> Lady oh Gaga and Lucifer. <laughs>
1: You take a ride on Lucifer. Try not to get kicked off. It's the mechanical (laughs) bull.
0: Oh my god, literally. That's what it looks like.
1: It's like a bull, right? Yes. Like like, yes. Like a bucking bull. Like it was it's bucking in the air, basically. That's the best way I could describe it. The third theory is that DIA hosts the Illuminati headquarters. (gasps) I think this is the coolest one. Basically, there are many unmarked buildings. And underground areas in the 53 square mile airport, which is kind of sus to me because it's like if you're building an airport, I feel like everything should be labeled. People need to know where they're going, especially staff to try and make everything run on time and accordingly. Mm -hmm. So I don't see any reason as to why these things would be unmarked.
0: Yeah.
1: There's also a time capsule that was created at the opening of the DIA and the time capsule has the symbol of the Freemasons on it who are Mm -hmm. supposedly linked to the Illuminati. Was, However, the time like a,
0: capsule? Capsule? <laughs> Was the time capsule like a capsule? Uh, Was the time capsule like a like a team building thing? What do you mean time capsule? Like to commemorate um, the the groundbreaking kind of deal? Yeah,
1: yeah. Basically, uh, from what I remember, I think they put in there a bunch of like Denver type things. So mm. like a book about Denver, a Denver hat. I think the mayor had a pair of tennis shoes in there, mm. and. If you Google it, just Google DIA time capsule, you'll see the Freemason symbol up, like, right in the middle of it. And it also says to be opened in 2094. Mm. So people think, like, 2094 is some significant year um, oh. as well. Yeah, that's totally the Freemason symbol. Mm-hmm. But I thought the Freemasons were just, like, an old for fraternity. Like,
0: I, It's more – like, it dates back to the Revolutionary War. Mm, um, okay. But it's more it, – it was like a – Mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'll I'll it, have to do has, an episode on them because I think there's
1: a lot of speculation around them as to whether or not they're linked to the Illuminati or if they're just like a old person's club.
0: Yeah, it's a fraternal organization. I think it's like an elk lodge, kind of like the, the mm-hmm. same concept, but it's one of the more mainstream ones, and it's not like an underground society, but it's I I there's something negative about it that I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably the Illuminati.
0: Yeah, it's. I'm sure there's links. <laughs> anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, people think the Illuminati headquarters is there because DIA ended up being so much more expensive and expansive than mm. the original plans. So they're like, okay, how did they find the money to complete it? Like, where did they get a billion dollars over budget? So people think that the Illuminati helped with their expansive money, but on one condition, they had to have been allowed to have their headquarters there. Yeah. Right, he Is
0: their international headquarters? or Is this just their American headquarters?
1: Oh, doll, I don't know that. Mm. I didn't get
0: that far into it. Okay, so you have nothing for me, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Okay. I I imagine international because it is an international airport, so that's yeah. what I'm gonna do. Oh, context that's clues. That's true. And no, I should have put that together that for firm. <laughs> okay, um, cool. The next theory kind of ties to the Illuminati headquarters, and it's that there's underground tunnels leading to survival bunkers for the end of the world. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Wait for real.
1: Oh yeah, there are proven tunnels underground at the Denver International Airport, but Ooh. airport officials say that it's for automated automatic baggage systems, not okay. what people are theorizing, which is that there's this underground bunker that will serve for a safe place um, for the world's elite during an apocalypse. What?
0: But Ew, these baggage I don't like systems underground shit
1: I don't like Me it. Me either. And and when I'm at the airport like I don't know, I feel like I always see someone driving a cart with a bunch of bags. Yeah. So I'm like, why did you have to do it underground, you know? <laughs> why is it but hidden? Maybe, yeah, right, exactly. I want to see what's going on. Yeah. Um but I do I guess like when I've been in like the Paris airport and stuff, I mean, yeah. I haven't really seen I I'm I'm not paying attention, you know? It's like yeah. okay, maybe there are underground systems.
0: I theory, theory. Yeah. What if it's like Disney World, where you know Disney World has that network of underground tunnels, but it's more Ooh. to help with the crowds so they can get yeah. from place to place really quickly? Maybe it's like that.
1: That's a really good theory. I did not read that on the
0: interwebs. Like I think about if they if there were like a there was like a high profile guest or something like
1: no. So they they do have private uh, I don't want to say terminals, but like runways for the more high profile guests. When teams travel, like basketball or football, they are chartered. And so they take a chartered flight that's in a separate –
0: Right, 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 right. Not a
1: terminal. They don't have to go through security or anything. They just drive Mm -hmm. straight up to the plane. Yeah. So definitely could be a good theory. But the craziest thing about these quote-unquote baggage systems that DIA is saying that they have underground is that they were only working up until 2010 and are no longer in use. So they don't even exist anymore. And apparently the tunnels are now used today for plumbing and electrical infrastructure. However, I think they should have gone with what you said and yeah. just said it was like an easier way for staff to get around. because Makes way
0: more sense.
1: Yeah, than just some like pipes and wires.
0: Ugh. Imagine like working. I could never work in maintenance. Like if if, the, if there's any takeaway from today's episode, it's don't be a maintenance worker.
1: Yeah. Yo, yeah. You're the one that finds the body. You're, you're the one, one that, that has to body. do the underground tunnels. Crazy. There's also theories that lizard people or aliens built these bunkers, uh, um, but I'd like to theorize here myself and say that they are testing on lizard people and aliens down there. Like, yeah. I think that Area 51's too obvious now, so why not put it underneath a big airport?
0: So is this, this is like, I mean, is it the same thing as, I don't know, QAnon? Is that the lizard people?
1: Oh, yeah, I think it is. So I want to take everything that I said back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to
1: associate with
0: that. But they may be alien testing. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? One of the
1: last theories I'll cover is the artwork that's hanging in the terminals. Mm. Basically, they say that the artwork that's hanging there foreshadows the end of the world. Ooh. So I want you to Google mm-hmm. DIA or Denver International Airport artwork and you'll see some pretty interesting pieces. Kind of ominous, mm. kind of hopeful. <gasps> Basically, there's this what artist. His the name fuck is, is L- that big
0: It looks like a Nazi uniform. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yes, it is. The big green,
0: like, skull thing with the mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (gasps) How is that allowed? Uh, Is that allowed?
1: (laughs) Yeah, girl. In fact, Leo Tanguma is the famous artist for over 40 pieces of art collected at DIA. And many people believe that there's this Nazi imagery within the murals, which you pointed out immediately without having known anything previously about DIA or the artwork that is there. So...
0: Well, I'm Again. really smart, so I don't
1: know. You are, girl. You, know are. you are. You are a critical cool. thinker. But people obviously have then linked the D.I.A. back to this fascist secret society, which mm. then links back to the New World Order creating them. Uh, yeah. So it's just really interesting. Similar to your case, there's a lot of coincidences uh, that they're disproven in a way, but they're disproven with like a, no, that's not true. And yeah. it's like, okay, but why? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But Tanguma, who's the artist, denies any of these claims and actually states that his artwork is showcasing world peace and positive environmental factors.
0: the fuck? Mm -hmm. I mean, this artist has so many drugs. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I mean, it's
1: Denver, you know? It's insane. Yeah. I don't know. It's creepy. It is creepy. Some of the artworks or art pieces have actually been removed because of how kind of – ominous they are but a lot of them as you see on google have stayed to this day yeah so yeah that was marissa's mystery denver wow something else i want to visit
0: yeah we're gonna go on a a crazy tour we need to do the ghost tour at the white house we need yes. to uh mothman's denver festival national meth mothman meth man, meth very- man festival
1: <laughs> i would not put it past people that attend the mothman <laughs> festival to maybe also yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i'm going to the annual crackhead convention (laughs) let's go oh Oh, my god ridiculous yeah Yeah. the mothman festival that sounds sounds kind of lit i told my mom that we might like i was like we need to go to the mothman festival she goes why (laughs) why (laughs) mom because it's cool why would you do such a thing i'm like mom it's not a phase (laughs) yeah please
1: i've literally been into the stuff since i was 13 okay
0: literally um but I just
1: want to give a quick shout out to all of our sweet listeners. Oh, my God. We released episode five this morning. And um, to this time that we're currently recording, we already have 21 plays. And I was like, Grace? did you just put this on repeat or something and like you're just playing it back and she's like no i haven't even listened to it yet so look, i just want to say thanks to everyone for listening
0: look i'm i'm about to act up we got an audience i don't know who we I think have I am. an audience
1: but it's really impressive that 20 people have already listened to episode five so thanks That's crazy cool friends that doesn't even include me i know or me or eric or my mother
0: Wow. Or my mother. <laughs> yeah, that's like <laughs> five
1: people right there. So
0: wow. That's Don't our ask. core audience.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's diddly do it. Let's diddly do it. Cool friends, thanks so much for listening. As always, follow us on Instagram at Where Murder Meets Mystery. And give us an email. Give us an electronic mail, if you will, at
0: electronic Where Murder mail.
1: Meets Mystery at gmail dot com. Yes. Give us suggestions. Say hi.
0: Or or hand deliver us letters, except you don't know where we live and you'll never know.
1: Yeah. Good try. (laughs) Okay. We will see you ghoul friends next week. Bye, guys.
0: Bye.